0: Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today, live, I have Chef Johnny G. She's with Crawfish Town USA in Henderson, Louisiana. And I got a chance to to meet this amazing lady uh, at some Louisiana seafood cookoff events and a few other things around the state. And I always loved to see her food and thought, hey, Chef Johnny, why don't you come join me on the show? So how are you doing today? Well, hi, Chef Amy. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Um, I'm doing great. It's been raining all day here, so
0: I don't know about there in New Orleans, but... Um, uh- we're okay right now, but, you know, uh, every every minute is different in South Louisiana, right? You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been good. It's been crazy. Crawfish season, you know, down here is rocking and rolling. Well, and that's, you know, what I want to talk about, because as we're, you know, getting into May and we're closing out May, that tends to be towards the end of the crawfish season, but they're... They're big. They're delicious, and I feel like it's when the average home boiler should have perfected their their seasoning recipe by by mm-hmm. the end of the season. Um, so I know over at Crawfish Town USA, y'all are boiling a lot of crawfish during the peak season. How much are y'all? Is going through your kitchen? Um, we do about
1: ten thousand pounds a week during uh peak crawfish season which is right now you know the crawfish festival is next weekend actually the brobridge crawfish festival um so we are putting them out like we have them stacked in our ice cooler it's crazy yes
0: now you know y'all are boiling lots of sacks at a time And for my listeners out there, I've had a chance to see and go and visit the restaurant and kind of interact with the setup that they have. And it's like pulleys and timers and uh, about what it's like if you're putting out 10,000 pounds of crawfish. (laughs) This isn't just like a little baby pot in your backyard. No, we have one, two, three, four, five
1: big boiling pots that we can put uh, three to four sacks in at one time. Um, and we, what we do is we blanch them and then we have a season in for the crawfish, a season in for shrimp and a season in for crabs. And then we have a, a empty boiler that we'll, when we get our crabs in, we'll ice them down, you know, and that keeps, that shocks them. And that keeps the claws on them when you boil them, when you do boil them. So yeah, we do, we put them in timers. We put them in the little the boilers and everything set on a timer and the pots are so big that they had to have make some kind of pulley system. So it's a all above you is a handmade pulley system that's set on timers and punch a button and it moves it over and it's pretty cool. It's a big big um, big process.
0: So when you go to a friend's house or you're doing a crawfish boil for your family. Do you do you miss your setup at work or do you have a whole different strategy in your backyard?
1: Oh, no, I'm old school. (laughs) I'm old school, like, you know, um, with the salt and the cayenne and the garlic and the onions and the lemons, you know, all, all, you know, how we did it growing up. So that's how I like it.
0: I just had a chance to go to a crawfish festival and I feel like you know the months of April and May every church every town every school it's you know boiling competitions and a festival and the one I went to I feel like teams are trying to one-up each other on what are some of the weirdest things that you can put in a crawfish boil and I want to say at least five of the teams, it was raviolis. That was like the the theme this year was let's throw raviolis in to soak in our, our crawfish boil. What are some of the crazy things that you've seen wow. added to a crawfish boil?
1: Wow. I actually judged one last year in Galveston and they were doing so many different flavors. Like, um, one was just like citrus, like lemons, oranges, limes, and like a garlic butter. It was it was really good, though. It was it was crazy. And then, I mean, I've seen people put holes in cans of green beans and throw them <laughs> <Yes>. in there. <laughs> you know, carrots, broccoli. I mean, just anything I think that they can find in their pantry, they'll throw in there. It's, it's insane, which... <laughs> you know um eggs you know people boil eggs in there oh my cat kitty cat I love it my kitty cat's uh, walking around too (laughs) oh but um yeah it's I guess everybody has their
0: own own thing you know that they do so we've done uh you know we have maybe after a few beers decided to pull things out of the pantry and see what we can put in and you know, boil that can of asparagus and yes um I will say every now and then you get a winner and <laughs> I, I feel like the pineapple idea is kind of a winner it's pretty oh, yeah. delicious sweet and spicy but yes. I uh I'm not a fan of the Brussels sprouts in it. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, I like Brussels sprouts, but um, I like mine more savory, like with some bacon (laughs) and butter. (laughs) Other than just like, you know, spicy seasoning. But I don't know. I guess I'd try it. (laughs)
0: well I'll try anything once and the the options are endless with a crawfish boil and I think back to your point is some of us are old school and some of us are new school and I or just wanting to be creative and shake things up and it's just a matter of how many times you can boil in the season if you get to do all the crazy things that you want to do
1: (laughs) true yes yes like I said, I'll try anything once. I mean, you know, people ask for 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 some strange things all the time at the restaurant. It's, uh,
0: you know, every day is different. Well, I know that you know y'all are called Crawfish Town USA, and people go, oh, that, that we get crawfish boil stuff from them, or you know, we go to the market and get things. Y'all are more than just a crawfish boil restaurant. Y'all have a market, but then y'all have a a pretty full menu where people passing through on the interstate can have just a great lunch or dinner. Oh, yes. And, and that's one of the,
1: uh, our location is great. We're right off of um, Interstate 10. Um, we have lunch specials Monday through Friday. Um, people love around here, they love a good hamburger steak and gravy with mushrooms and a smothered potatoes. Um, they love uh, fried fish and etouffee on Fridays. Um, we have crawfish enchiladas, which is one of the fan favorites. We have um, our steaks are like really good. Um, our stuffed potatoes we make in-house. That's another thing. All of our sides and our sauces and our etouffées and our gumbos, we make in-house. Like none of that is outsourced. And it, to me, you can so taste the difference in something that is, you know, made in, in-house in the restaurant, than something that's bought, you know, like, um, in mass quantities from like Cisco, you know what I mean? Like,
0: Absolutely. Um, well, there's, yeah. there's heart and soul in it, right? Yes, because
1: definitely. You know, it was and, made and, that day. Yes. And it's rest is old recipes, you know, that, um, the owner had that were handed down to him and, um, a lot of the things that are on our menu, you can buy in our market. Um, we make our own boudin, uh, seafood boudin, regular boudin. We make our own cracklins. Um, you can go there. We get fresh fish every week from New Orleans. Um, you can get fresh tuna, salmon, you can get, um, fresh shrimp that we get locally, fresh catfish we get locally. Um, we have a lot of local vendors that we use for jellies and sauces and liquor. A lot of, a lot of different liquors we've gotten in lately, whiskeys and bourbons and vodkas. And it's just fun to try, you know, different, different Louisiana made products, I think.
0: And I feel like we're pretty lucky here in Louisiana that yeah. anywhere you go in the state, there's, Somebody that has the best pepper jelly in town. Yeah. Somebody who has the <laughs> best, you know, jar of spice or seasoning. And to be able to go to a market and yes get get easy access to all that is pretty yeah. cool. There's
1: so many um local little farmers, you know. The Lafayette's farmers market on Saturday is just the coolest place to go and you can find the the coolest, neatest stuff in their local, local businesses, little farm businesses, you know, and um, I just love to support them. And, and people always ask, you know, well, what what's the sauce or how did you make the sauce? And it really helps them out. And I, I just enjoy that.
0: Now, I know that you'll have, uh, you know, seafood is your focus and you've mm-hmm. done a lot of things with seafood, you know, with the Louisiana Seafood Board. And I just have to tell y'all that Chef Johnny is also a TV star. I don't know (laughs) if you know that, but she she does the local news, she does the morning shows, but she also got to be on Food Network. And I think that our listeners would support your position on bowls. Can you tell everybody a little
1: bit what happened? Wow. That was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, uh, Amy. It was, um, you know, just flying to California in itself was crazy, you know, because they had the mask mandate and all that. And I felt like I was going to suffocate But because it was a long trip. And then getting there, it, it's a totally different world. You know, we're so... I feel like we're so spoiled living here because people are so nice and friendly, and you know when we we go somewhere else, it's just different. But yes, I was chosen to compete on Alex versus America, is what it's called. And what she does is she chooses chefs from every state to compete against her. And I competed against a chef from Hawaii and a chef from Maine, and we were all supposed to be seafood experts and. So when it came down to it, um, at the end, like the judges said, they love my, my flavors. I had, you know, several uh, layers of flavor and they loved it and, um, they loved my dish, but they did not like my plating, which is funny because that's one of the things that I am famous for is my, my plating and my, my pictures of my food and, whenever I was plating, the the host came and he's like, "Um, I don't think that's a bowl. And what I had was a little black cast iron skillet, you know, you know what we, we serve like cornbread in, or, you know, like little appetizers in around here. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, oh, well, where I come from, that's a bowl. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, and it didn't air until, January, it aired like I think on New Year's Day, and, and when everybody saw it, my phone went crazy. Like, what is? What are they talking about? They're crazy. Like here in Louisiana, that's that's crazy.
0: That's a bowl. Yeah, it was crazy. People were so mad. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny because it, I to serve something in a cast iron skillet seems perfectly normal. Yes, yes. And imagine if you had just laid down some newspaper and poured out <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I know I know well we were cooking prawns but I should have just bowled
1: them and yeah like you said what if I would have just put down some newspaper and just say oh here you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know we're, it's a whole different world down here in Louisiana and, and yeah. I love that about us so. mm-hmm. yeah hmm. it is when you're not cooking at the restaurant you know are you cooking at home and if so what are you cooking um actually well today
1: i made a um a stuffed meatloaf <laughs> for my husband he loves meatloaf and some rice and gravy it's just uh you know i like i have one grandmother that's from north louisiana which is down home country food you know turnip grains and cornbread <laughs> and and peas and uh, you know chow chow and garden and canning and I miss that so when I'm home that's I'm cooking some peas and some cornbread (laughs) and then I had my other grandmother she was from South Louisiana and and, you know we boiled crabs and caught fish and, and fished and you know taught me all that kind of stuff you know so I kind of have both both techniques under my belt. Yeah, but today I made a um, stuffed meatloaf with a brown brown onion gravy and some rice.
0: Yep, and I'm going to make some cornbread. <laughs> well, so what's your secret to a great meatloaf? Because my husband loves meatloaf. Personally, I don't love it. And I think that's why mine is terrible every time I cook it because I, I can't put the love in it because I don't love meatloaf. And uh so I'm always looking for insights on how I can make it delicious so that he he doesn't go, "Really? This is what you're cooking me?" Do you add do you put milk? I have not put Do you put milk in with your meat to keep it tender? Yes. Yes, put add add some milk to it. Yes. That's the old 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 Tommy way. Now do you put breadcrumbs or bread in yours at all? I put breadcrumbs, milk, eggs, um, a little Worcestershire sauce, um,
1: Creole seasoning. And I have that, you know, the dried Trinity mix that they have. i I put that in there. And then um, I make a little gravy and put it on the bottom, Uh, saute some onions and pour that over the top of it and put it in the oven. And then for the last 15 minutes, I boil it. Oh, yeah. so it gets
0: a little crispy on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this is good. This is good. See, we we segue from crawfish to now we're talking <laughs> how to make good uh, meatloaf and gravy. Are there other things that inspire you with food, or are there any types of cooking that you're trying to learn more about, or you feel like you may have mastered something recently? Mm-hmm. Um i really
1: am into thai food now and i'm trying to learn the different sauces and the different techniques i'm just fascinated by how they you know even even them making their own wontons like if you've ever had a homemade wonton is so crispy and light so different than you know like a sore bottling um something that i think I need to master is baking, which I cannot bake. I try. I, you know, I mean, I think I tell everybody I'd rather go to the dentist than bake a cake. (laughs) 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 I don't have the patience. I just, um, I don't really eat sweets. So I guess that's why I don't really, you know, like to do it they say either you like you're a baker or you're you're you know fast cook. you're like you know you like hot food so i'd rather be cooking like 40 dishes than baking one cake (laughs)
0: that that, that makes perfect sense to me i think it also is i i don't know if you chef johnny are a rule breaker or a rule (laughs) follower but my husband is very much a rule follower and i he makes like his chocolate chip cookies are spectacular and i think it's because he follows the recipe word Mm,
1: i'm not very good at that (laughs) so you're a rule breaker definitely 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 yes
0: yeah it's hard to break the rules baking because the rules the science the, the chemistry are also important, but we can certainly run around with our tasting spoon in our kitchen and yes. just make yes. decisions.
1: And I know, and everybody's like, when are you gonna make a cookbook? And I'm thinking, oh dear Lord, I the, the hardest thing for me to do is write a recipe down. Cause I'm just so, I don't know. I just do it by taste and smell and, you know, um, that's, I don't know, it's just, Something I, to, to go buy a recipe absolutely kills me like you know like to measure every little thing oh it's like torture <laughs> well,
0: so i'll get i'll tell you what i did uh for my mother-in-law because she makes the best cornbread dressing on the planet mm-hmm. and i was like well one you don't have a recipe because she doesn't have a recipe she just walks around and she just made it every year that she's been married for mm-hmm. her, you know every holiday and no one has written it down so i followed her around the kitchen one weekend with a notepad and every single thing she did i wrote it down that way we could have kind of a, a You know, a a running log of what she liked and how Mm -hmm. she cooked it, but also her thought process when she tastes it. Yes.
1: Yes. I had to do the same thing with my grandmother. Like, because I would ask her, well, how much, like to make uh, some other potatoes? How much, how much flour? Oh, you know, just just a little bit. Well, how much is just a little bit? And then how much milk? You know, they, she didn't measure either. So, I did I did the same thing with her. I followed her around and wrote wrote some stuff down.
0: Yeah. It's well so you need someone to follow you around and then <laughs> and write down all your recipes for you so that you can have a cookbook. Oh and, you know, what advice do you have out there for home cooks? Are there any little tricks of the trade kind of like adding the the milk to your uh you know, meatloaf? Are there any little tricks that you found as a chef in the restaurant or even cooking at home have been just great? I think, um, you know,
1: I think maybe they make it too complicated, you know? Um, I think I am in love with bacon grease, you know? I think If people would save their bacon grease like they used to do years ago and use that to flavor their food, you know, they they would be amazed at what they could do with that, you know, and and making their own stock with, you know, if they have leftover chicken bones or something like that. They just simple things like that they could do to add flavor to their foods, you know, and it's really not that hard, but people are intimidated by it
0: but the levels of flavor it adds is just amazing well my my husband's cardiologist would probably disagree (laughs) with you but i totally agree with you um we always have we always have a little jar of bacon grease at the house yes one of my favorite things and one of the chefs chef mel who worked with me for years I, i don't know why i never thought of this but whenever she did it i thought this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. She skimmed all the fat off the top of her gumbo into a bowl. And then for family meal, which for y'all listening, that's when everyone who works in the restaurant gets together and eats you know, lunch or dinner together. She sauteed potatoes in the bat from the gumbo. <gasps> Oh my, I'm going to have to do that. I've never heard of that, but why not? Why not? That's and so amazing. now, you know, I'm like, what other things? So I skim my brisket fat and we made yes. with it one time. And it's like, <laughs> my goodness, fat is all the flavor. I like, you can't eat that way every day, but my goodness, when you can, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I know they are- they pick on me at work they're like what
1: are you making this week bacon fried and butter (laughs) because like if i ever have a cookbook it'd be called butter bacon and bourbon because i'm always cooking with butter bacon some kind of liquor
0: yes (laughs) i i would buy a book called uh butter bacon and bourbon absolutely (laughs) yes and um you know, I I think that there are some things that we use in our cooking repertoire that when it works, it works, and why why steer away from it, right? That's, that's true, true. Well, <laughs> we have just a, a couple more minutes, and you know, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, how they can visit the restaurant and the shop, and maybe what they should order. Okay. Um.
1: We're Crawfish Town, USA. Um, You can find us on the internet. We have a uh, Facebook page. We have Instagram. Um, We are located off Interstate Ten, Exit One Fifteen, Highway Three Forty Seven. We're a big red barn. We're like uh, it's actually an old uh, finished nineteenth century barn. It's really cool if you come in there and look look at it. Um, We're in Henderson, Louisiana. Actually, home of the first commercial crawfish pond ever, wow. and home of the first crawfish ever sold in a restaurant ever. Wow. Yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> but Henderson, Louisiana, um, we're open 11 to 9, except on weekends, we're open till 10. And, um, you know, we always have some bold seafood, but you should definitely try our gumbo. You should try. We have something called the Leban Brim, which has um, our catfish, crab cake, shrimp, oyster, and eggplant and etouffee. It's really, really good.
0: And you have a crawfish pop tart.
1: Um, that's a specialty thing that I do when I do my chef specials there, Thursday through Saturday. And I, I came up with something called a crawfish pop tart with a pepper jelly aioli and it looks just like a pop tart and the aioli looks just like you know how the little package of icing you know you used to get on the <laughs> uh so that's what we call it a crawfish pop tart and it's like a puff pastry with a crawfish filling and people just went crazy over it but I, i'm gonna probably bring it back since the crawfish festival is coming up so be looking for that
0: Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, this has been so fun now. Yeah. My husband's going to say, you need to cook me some meatloaf, just like <laughs> Chef uh, But for our listeners out there, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. My guest today was Chef Johnny G with Crawfish Town USA in Henderson, Louisiana. I'm Chef Amy Sins. Until next time. Ciao.